Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our crew to you. Guys, if you don't mind waving for the uh, video portion of our show, uh, we don't have Attorney Ward on. He is uh, he's uh, working undercover tonight, uh, but instead we've got a great cast. We've got Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. We've got Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrea Casal, and we have special guest again, uh, James Cavill. He is a former uh, officer as well. And he's also with uh, MyMedicare.Live, and uh, we have got um, producer Will Statzer. So I think I covered everybody. So thanks, guys, for being on. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, Gunlearn.com, and not that you've heard of them before, but MyMedicare.Live, yes. I do want to give another shout-out, and I want to talk, uh, you know, WVMG in Chattanooga. Uh, Sabatino talked to him this past week, and again, we're on Nuga Radio, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Very appreciative for them carrying our show. And we are powered by Pexip. So uh, thanks to those entities for helping uh, make this uh, all possible. And we have a, a great lineup. Man, we have some killer videos. And as always, if you're listening to us on podcast or on radio, and you know we don't have the capability to show you videos, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, which is Leo Roundtable. I've got links to all the stories, including the videos. You can watch those before, during, or after any show. I post those every Monday uh, before we do our live show at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And also, producer Will will post put up our stories with the videos embedded in them uh, Tuesday through Saturday, and those will be on YouTube and also on Rumble. All right, so our first uh, main topic, it's on Police One, um, and it's really just, it's a letter to the American public. It says, thank an officer on National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. So uh, that was uh, on January the 9th. So, and actually the concerns of police survivors, which is cops, they encourage everyone to show support for more than 900,000 law enforcement officers in America. I know that figure varies depending on who you talk to, but the National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, also known as LEAD, it's a way to show the men and women in blue how much we value them. And the people on the show were retired uh, Leo, so we, we do appreciate them as well. Um, they do talk about suggestions, and there's a few of them. You can attend a planned event in order to show your support for law enforcement, change your social media uh, profile page, maybe put a thin blue line on there or something, or, or maybe your picture with a cop or something, shine a blue light from your home um, that might get you uh, arrested in some jurisdictions. Uh, post a story about a positive law enforcement experience on social media or send a card of support to your local agency. And I did not know this, Brett, but in 2014, uh, it says, well, I knew this part, but the, the next part I'm going to tell you, Brett, I did not know. So in 2014, it says that law enforcement uh, was changed forever after the officer-involved shooting in uh, Ferguson, Missouri. We all know that. You know, Michael Brown, Officer uh, um, Darren, uh, what was it, Darren Wilson. Uh, but the violence and negativity aimed at law enforcement that followed that incident it sparked COPS, this organization we're talking about, to implement the first lead Law Enforcement Appreciation Day on January the 9th is, is the day they chose. So that's what I guess, spurred the first one. And of course, they encourage citizens to do something special for their community's peacekeepers and take time to show their appreciation. So that's the way it got started. And of course, January 9th every year. So uh, Captain Bartlett, the floor is yours. Well, first, I appreciate everybody saying thanks to us and us saying thanks to our people. What I try to do is whenever I'm out and about, if I, if I see an officer or deputy or trooper eating dinner or lunch, I'll try to snag the check for them and pay for it. I never, I never tell them uh, it was me because that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, so what else people need to do to show their appreciation for us? We need to get about a 100,000 people 
and go march on Washington, D.C., and, and, and really appreciate the cops. But wait, anybody that appreciates the cops is working, so they can't really do that, so that might be difficult. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Well, thanks, Brett. All right, and uh, moving along here then, if there's nobody else on that, I do have a, uh, an update. Now, we've been covering the vaccine mandate updates um, every week and uh, trying to keep you guys informed of what's going on. I still say that, you know, I used to follow a bunch of different sites and uh, and look, it's just it's it's exhausting keeping up with everything. I personally, I like the coffeeandcovid.com. It's a uh, it's a website and a newsletter, daily newsletter that's done by Attorney Jeff Childers, and he he's in Gainesville, Florida. But it's just spot on. You can research everything. He's got links to a lot of the material. You know where he's getting his information from. You can vet it, and I've never found an inaccuracy ever. Um, so the the sources of information for this is Police One and Coffee and COVID. So more than 300 Baltimore Police Department employees quarantining for COVID. It says that um, there's 227 police personnel. They've tested positive, 78 are awaiting test results. Uh, so it's roughly 12% of the 2,500 member force are being affected by this. And in Rhode Island, uh, uh, the capital city could lose 80 cops over a vaccine mandate. So that's in Providence. And uh, so, hey, Jim, they're still in your name there. But uh, Providence Police Chief Hugh Clements Jr. described the potential terminations as a huge concern. I can see why. And now we're going to jump to coffee and COVID. Uh, and again, it's coffeeandcovid.com. Sign up for the, uh, they've got, you can get the free newsletter or you can pay to support uh, Jeff Childers. But um, starting off the information through this past week, it's a federal judge granted an injunction from the military vaccine mandate, and he did it to a group of Navy SEALs that were seeking religious exemptions. Uh, and, and I've heard, maybe you guys, we run in the same circles. Um, I've heard about the SEALs having an issue with wanting to do these with wanting to do the vaccine, uh, in particular because they know of some side effects that um, that other military personnel and just regular people have gotten. So, um, so I'm I'm pleased to hear the injunction was granted by a federal judge. Also, another federal judge in Louisiana enjoined the preschool Head Start vaccine mandate that they did for staff, volunteers, and students that were connected with that program. And uh, now, another one, the third item is um, the, the countdown is beginning for SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, to act on the OSHA and the CMS mandates that they're currently hearing. So um, it talks about, and look, I'll have more detail um, you know, on the site, and uh, I know the producer Will is going to put the link to Coffee and COVID um, underneath the, uh, the the first video that'll be airing tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, but it lists the uh, NFIB and Ohio versus Department of Labor, that's the OSHA mandate, and then Biden versus Missouri, which is the CMS mandate. And the attorneys are arguing for the government. Listen to this. The attorneys arguing for the government, the government side of this, it was Justices Breyer, they were included, Sotomayor and Kagan. So we got three liberal justices from the, uh, I guess, the Supreme Court that are that are on the government side. So I was surprised to see that. All three liberal justices stated that the vaccine, uh, that the vaccine stopped infections. So as I read this, start paying attention because these are the justices that are ruling on this OSHA and CMS on these mandates but when you hear about the false information that they're armed with and, and the false pretenses of what they're thinking, it's just it's just crazy. So all three justices said that the vaccine stopped the infections, which we know, of course, we've known for, what, half a year or more that that's not true. Justice Breyer stated that a vaccine mandate would prevent 100% of the cases. Justice Kagan said that it is beyond settled, meaning that it's it's been determined that vaccines and masks are the best way to stop the spread 
of the virus. Justice Breyer repeatedly cited statistics that the number of cases is at an all-time high. The U.S. is now, right now, averaging more than 500,000 cases a day, even higher than when OSHA first issued the vaccine or the test mandate, and that hospitals are are nearly full with patients who are not vaccinated. And now the, the top it all off, Justice uh, Sotomayor uh, said that 100,000 children were in critical care and that they're on ventilators with Omicron, which of course is the one that's just like a common cold. And that was exposed by the Sun Sentinel down in Miami. The actual number of children, it's not 100,000, the actual number of children that are hospitalized in the US actually for everything, including COVID for any purpose, it's only 5,000 and that includes for all purposes. And there's actually only 81,000 total hospital beds in the U.S. And um, the justice also said that COVID deaths are at an all-time high. Hospitals are being overwhelmed. Omicron variant is deadlier than Delta. Just some huge uh, falsities. Um, Attorney Jeff Childers uh, is predicting uh, reference. Biden has moved the State of the Union address. It usually happens in January, maybe as late as February, but he's moved it to March, so March 1st. And he is predicting uh, that he's trying to, when he gives the State of the Union, that he wants to say that, hey, we've uh, everything's worked. The vaccine mandate worked. Uh, the uh, mask mandate worked. Or all of our requirements uh, to, for everybody to jump through the hoops and get the jab, it's worked, and now there's no longer a crisis. That's what he's predicting. And little things, you'll see in the article, but little things like the FDA, uh, the federal government wanting the Pfizer data released over seven, you know, for a 75 year period instead of being released right away and other things that are going on. Anyhow, that's the predictions. Uh, we've got two minutes left. Brett, you want to start us off? Yeah, first, how chilling would it have been if uh, Hillary Clinton had been able to get elected and appoint more of these same knuckleheads? Um, you know, what's really scary is I don't think any of the justices, certainly the Democrats, the liberals, have not addressed this in terms of the law. They're talking about it in terms of medical issue. Well, listen, they don't have they don't have the authority to talk about medical issues. They have to act within the scope of that document called the U.S. Constitution. Is it is it constitutional or not that they mandate the vaccines? But nobody said that. They're dancing around the medical issues, and they don't have the authority to do that. I'm just glad. And when it's all said and done, I think we'll see a six to three decision. At least that's what I'm hoping. Wow. All right. Thank you, Captain. Guys, anybody else on this? And I know, Andrea, I know that you're a big uh, coffee and COVID follower as well. Um, if there's nobody else, though, I can uh, move on. Oh, Andrea, she's uh, unmuted. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quickly, you know, obviously, I, I've had an opinion on this. I still have an opinion on it. Um, Personally, I think that there's more and more coming out with a lot of these, you know, the vaccines, the vaccine mandates. Um, unfortunately, I'm seeing more and more, and I'm around a lot of kids because of my kids still being uh, a school age. I am floored with the amount of parents that are getting their children vaccinated with a lot of these reports that are coming out. I had sent Chip um, an article where it said from the CDC is actually coming out and saying that the um, that the vaccine is ca causing myocarditis in in people, but it's it's causing it in children. So I just don't understand the reason why parents are choosing to give their children this vaccine without more knowledge, I guess. Thanks, Andrea. Perfect timing. Look, guys, another, uh, well, our first commercial break. We will be right back. All right. 
to look. Let's talk Medicare. And hey, with the exception of a young James Cavill on the show here, hey, we're all getting older and Medicare insurance options are becoming more important. So hey, there's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County, Florida alone, which is where I'm at. Now the benefits, they can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? Answer is easy. You can contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in Hillsborough County or the Villages, Florida, or close to that area in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James, who's on the show, or Bobby. They'll meet you in person and they'll save you money on your medication co-pays. They'll find plans that your doctors accept, and they'll actually get you more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, and I hope you don't mind me giving your number out, Jim, uh, 813-245-6656 or mymedicare.live. And also Galls, galls.com. We're uh, huge fans of Galls. They pretty much carry everything for law enforcement except for firearms and ammunition. They've always got sales on their website. And, man, do they have some great deals over the holidays. So please check them out at galls.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. You know, yeah, at the tail end of that little Gauls commercial, Brett's mini-me opened up early. So uh, go ahead, mini-me, Brett. Go ahead. <laughs> well, first, uh, thanks to Jimmy. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy talked to my wife, who's, I think next year she'll be eligible for Medicare. She had nowhere to go. She had no idea where to start. And so she talked to Jimmy at length, and Jimmy put her at ease. And so we're, we know we're going to, when it's time to get it done, you know, uh, she'll know where to go. Because it's very complicated, very complicated. You don't even know where to turn. You know, you get all these things in the mail. You have no idea what to do. It's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing so you can talk to them about it. You know, Jim's Jim, and I know, look, Jim did not ask us to say this stuff. He doesn't even know what I'm getting ready to say. So he, I'm sure he's sweating right now. But, but no, Jim's gift is being able to explain complicated stuff like that on a very simplistic plane to, to, I mean, you know, when you, when you teach Brett, they always say teach to the twos, the people that really can't, you know, get everything, you know, you focus your training or, or to the one, yeah. Uh, but that but Jim, he just he's just got that gift. He takes a very complicated subject and, and, he, and he dumbs it down and, and he doesn't make you feel stupid, you know. So, uh, yeah, that is that is his gift. So, I'm so glad that he's doing that because I've turned a lot of people on to him. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a gift. So, thanks, Jim. Yeah, and, and, if he, and if he ever goes to work for Gauls, he'll make Gauls a million dollars. There you go. All right. Well, thanks. Hey, is there anybody else on the whole COVID mandate update thing? Um, I know. I know, Brett. Um, we're we're going to find out. Lieutenant Randy, I was hoping you'd open up your mic on this. Go ahead, Randy. Well, I, the, the irrationality of the response by the uh, not just the government, but um, there was a story came out uh, just a, I just heard it, but I verified it today of Make-A-Wish Foundation turning down a four-year-old dying child, his wish to go see Mickey Mouse because he wasn't vaccinated. Are you serious? So it, a kid on Staten Island, yeah. And, uh, and th this, is, this is how insane this, this entire COVID mentality has gotten. Um, make a wish, to, that, that makes me sick to hear that. But that shows wow. the that shows the irrational opinions that are taking place, and the fact yeah. that, that that the three justices uh, completely misrepresent the, the 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 facts when it comes down to to uh, uh, to the to COVID just shows you uh, where where this country has has become torn apart because of this insanity. Captain, 
Don't trust anybody wearing a black dress speaking Latin. <laughs> okay. I thought he was going to go with the government. I'm, I'm with the government. I'm here to help routine. So, uh, all right. So, I know. I, you know, my fear, it, it, it's that, you know, as we, and Brett just talked about, you know, uh, Medicare, you know, which is, you know, 65. And so, I'm actually turning 60 next month. And so, I'm, I'm fine. I know, Brett, it's hard to believe, but I'm, I'm five years away. Uh, and and I, I'm actually kind of glad I'm in this little hiatus because I'm a little bit nervous over, I'm so glad the Supreme Court's weighing in on this because if Biden had his way, as soon as I go on Medicare and, and, and Jim, you know, he deals with this stuff every day, but I would hate to think that because I'm not vaccinated, but I do have natural immunity that all of a sudden some of my metal, medical benefits would uh, would cease to exist because I did not get the vaccine and I'm 60 care and I'm on a government Medicare you know, system. So uh, that that scares me. So uh, at least we got five years to work this thing out. But uh, I, I hope I, it'll be worked out a lot sooner than that. Lord, Lord willing. So. Right. If I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken much better care of myself. <laughs> you, you are freaking hilarious. All right. Who who needs John Newman when we have Brett Bartlett? That's what I'm thinking right now. So, yes. All right. Uh, moving along here. Let's see. Uh, it's time for a video. And, man, what a video. In fact, you know, maybe it's a good thing that we don't have Chief Newman on with David D. Agresta because they would just dominate this whole show on this topic. And, yes, we have another guy that – is being tased and he lights up with fire guys the video and remember we'll have the video it's on our face you know the links on our facebook page leo roundtable and we'll be uploading links to the videos and actually tuesday through saturday and this video will appear on tuesday morning uh, by producer will by nine o'clock in the morning he'll embed it in our in our show video man doused in hand sanitizer he burst in the flames after being tasered Wow. So this is in uh, Catskill, New York. The graphic video made public on Friday shows a man doused himself. And it shows on the video. He's doused himself with hand sanitizer and he bursts in the flames when a police officer uses a stun gun on him at a New York police station in October. So security footage released by the state attorney general's office. It shows, it shows Jason Jones. This guy did not survive, believe it or not. He's 29 years old rolling on the floor in the Catskill Police Station lobby and rubbing his head to stop the flames. Now, this is how it starts off. Jones, well, he was taken off of life support in December after six weeks in intensive care. He was on fire for about 25 seconds, which you'll see in the video, and he appeared to have burns on his upper back. It didn't really appear to be that that bad, other than the fact that the cops kind of bailed from the room and left him while he was on fire. So prior to being hit with a stun gun or, or the taser, uh, Jones was shirtless. He's he's having a, a temper tantrum. He's ripping his hoodie off. He takes his undershirt off. He throws a shoe at the table. He knocks over a jug of hand sanitizer as the three officers are watching him. A few minutes later, he picks up the jug of hand sanitizer. He squirts the liquid on his back and on his head. And then he starts like, you know, rubbing it all over, rubbing it all over his hair and everything. And so then a cop, what's a cop do? They take a stun gun. They obviously haven't seen our show, David. So the top, cop takes a taser, shoots Jones with it. There's a, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but there's a flash of light on the video because you can't initially see what's going on, but you see the cop's faces and then he burst in the flames. Cops whole butt run out of the room. They're hiding. I mean, they're literally hiding. Police Chief Dave Darling said officers in Catskill were familiar with Jones from previous encounters, and they were likely afraid that he was going to hurt himself. <laughs> yeah. So they doubt. So they so they they taser him when he's got the stuff on. Jones had been uh, a standout track and, and basketball athlete at Catskill High School more than a decade ago, reported by the Times Union. So that's the history on him. But he he ended up not surviving. So uh, we got a minute and a half, guys. We got to get some airtime on this video, David. Yeah. <laughs> David, come on. Listen, let's let's start out. Um, the village of Catskill in New York 
Um, I, I couldn't find out how many officers actually work there, if any do at all. Uh, the, their website just has the chief of police, David Darling, two lieutenants, and two sergeants, and that's it. That's all that's there, as far as I can find out. Uh, if there's a couple of other officers, maybe, maybe not. So that's perspective number one, or that's that's uh, that kind of brings it into perspective from that standpoint. They know this guy from before. I was curious when he started dousing himself <laughs> <laughs> or he had the pump bottle pumping it, pumping the stuff on himself. Um, the, the hand sanitizer, big giant jug of it, too. It wasn't a little bottle. It was a big jug. I thought, oh, he's, he's, he's greasing himself up. He's getting ready to fight. He didn't want, to be, want these guys to be able to hold on to him. Uh, that was my impression anyways. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, and it's not even 4th of July or New Year's or anything. Um, so... Then the guy hits him with a taser. He bursts into flames. And you can see the alcohol flames. It's alcohol, all blue. And uh, it goes from there. But I guess we'll come back after break. All right. Yes, we will. Another commercial break. We will be right back. Look, let's talk about industry leader in technology solutions for law enforcement. It's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know that there's a call for more accountability and hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. Now, Guardian has developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. And with Guardian, the entire background check process is more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. Now, there's no upfront fees or long-term commitment, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. You know, uh, when I was doing the commercial, I was watching uh, Randy in the background. It looked like he was taking sanitizer through his hair and stuff, you know. But uh, go, go ahead, guys, David and Brett. You know, the, and the, the flames, as I was saying, burst into a beautiful, that beautiful alcohol blue that just wavered <laughs> over his body and head. The unfortunate reality is that he had put, you know, so much of it on himself and the alcohol was, was vaporizing. He was sucking that stuff right down into his lungs. I'm sure that's what's got what got him in the end. He he flamed out his the in, inside of his uh, bronchial tubes, and you're not recovering from that uh, for any for any length of time anyway. So that's what happened to him. But the cops, wow, <laughs> he burst into flames and they took off running. I mean, there's no other way to describe that. They one went one way, one went through the door. They all they're standing there with this befuddled look on their face, and they took off running. Um. The guy's on fire. He's trying to put himself out the best way he knows how as he rolls around on the ground, slapping at himself. When he finally puts himself out or the alcohol basically burns away and there's nothing left to to be flammable, um, he's out laying on the floor. The cops come kind of peeking back around and he's safe. It looked like a civilian came around and started hugging the bad guy, holding him and hugging him. I want to know more about this cop, about this cop shop. I really do. This, this. This is the place, guys. This is really something. Catskill, New York, has has got to be some kind of a place. Uh, but but wow, what a what a three Stooges episode that was. Well, Brett, do you think this bad guy? You think he'll ever do that again? Uh, not that well. He's dead. So let's let's say no. <laughs> um, I tell you, man, that's a horrible thing. I've got a cousin who works in a burn unit up in Shands up here in, in Florida, and and 
He said, getting burned is just a horrible way to go. So going back to the, the, the Catskill Police Department website, here's what they offer on the face of their website. Action reports, child safety seat installations. Now what's glaringly absent is putting out people who are on fire. <laughs> They're not advertising that at all. Might be a good thing. Wow. Now, 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 James, if this guy, you know, had Medicare, if he was old enough for Medicare, but he was not vaccinated, what do you think would happen with this? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Two things came to mind when I saw this. Uh, the first was no one's coming to save you. And that was obvious by the video. And of course, uh, the old saying we've all heard, which was, you know, decisions have consequences. So hopefully we all can learn from that. And I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> okay, good job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I apologize. I was looking somewhere else. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. Let's move along then if there's nobody else on this one. So let's see here. Uh, we do have another video lined up here. Uh, and, and again, Facebook.com, Leo Roundtable, if you want to get the links to these, if you want to watch it, you know, right now or, you know, go to our site. But this is on YouTube. The name of the channel is called Leo Perspective. And a suspect shot during a gunfight with police after threatening to kill family member. So this happens on December the 10th, 2021. So just, you know, last month, it happens at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Houston police officers respond to a family disturbance call that's at a residence where a man is threatening to kill a family member. Now, when the officers get there, the family members advise, advise that the suspect, who's actually named Mark Anthony uh, Lemon, uh, he had already left the scene. So while they're canvassing the area looking for this bad guy, an officer observes him drive by. So the cop attempts to do a traffic stop on the guy. So the suspect refuses to pull over initially and he leads officers on a brief pursuit. He eventually uh, drives back to the scene of the disturbance. He gets out of his vehicle, which is a green truck, but he's got a shotgun. So he starts firing rounds at the cops. Now, there's a cop car right behind him, so you get to, I mean, I think there's like three officer body cam videos on this, so you get to see the driver bailing out of the car, exchanging with the guy going behind his car, and the, uh, the bad guy um, is using the hood of his car, uh, of the truck, you know, for cover, because remember, the cop cars, you know, pulled him over, so he's behind him, you know, and, and but then he steps out into the open street, out in the open, you know, firing the shotgun, you know, at, at the cop, and then he runs away between the houses, and, and he's pursued by three cops. So there's approximately, you know, like I said, three different body cams. Officers exchange gunfire with him. He's ultimately struck in the, in the stomach and he's taken in the custody. Uh, but it, it, it's a it's a wild video and lets you know, you never really know what's going to happen, you know, when you're when you're chasing a bad guy and you got to be ready, you know, you know, for everything. Uh, so um, David and Brett, go ahead, guys. We got five and a half minutes. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, what I thought was interesting, now this is pretty much a standard, yeah, the cops chase a guy, yeah, he gets out, starts shooting at him, yada, yada, it's the done the day in cop world. But two of the policemen, uh, officers with uh, the pistols, they I noticed they had the red dot scopes on their pistols. I have not seen that in any videos yet, but we're going to see a lot more of that because those are becoming a lot more popular because they take less time uh, in training and it fixes a lot of problems with, with, with vision. So uh, I picked up on that. Other than that, uh, bad guy shot at the cops, got what he deserved. All right. Thanks, Cap. Man, I might point out, I know, David, you're going, but, you know, we uh, we just heard from a uh, an officer in, in, a, uh, in a case that we reviewed, what, a, a month or so ago, uh, who was involved in a shooting a after he basically saw his partner get 
get shot and killed in a doorway. So we, uh, uh, we we appreciate the feedback, you know, from the people that are watching the show, even though even if you guys are people that, you know, instances where we're talking about. And there's always hopefully something that we can learn from scenarios. So uh, go ahead, David. Yeah, I saw the red dots. That was kind of cool. Um, the, the one thing that that is happens surprisingly more often than you would think is exactly what happened in this video. Uh, bad guy at at scene flees uh, and and ends up coming back around to the scene one way or the other. Um, this guy was in the, in the area. Cops saw him, got behind him, tried to do a stop, and he he led them right back and stopped right back in front of the house where it all started to get into a gunfight with the cops that were following him. Um, and it, it was when I saw that I went. I cannot, there have been several instances where that exact thing has happened and we've done that exact thing. Oftentimes it didn't end in a gunfight, I'm not saying that, but they, they go back to that scene, guys. It's a, I don't know if it's a phenomenon or some, some psychological thing, but that, that, that caught me, it was interesting. Thanks, Corporal. All right, guys, um, Brandy, go ahead. I just want, I took my takeaway from this was those cops did not hesitate one little bit to, to run to the danger. Um, those guys, they returned fire. They, and, this, and this guy was, was, he was moving and grooving. He was a tough target to hit. Uh, they, and they, 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 spent a lot of, they spent a lot of ammo out there, but uh, he, was a, he was a tough target. Um, I never saw where he actually got hit. I didn't see that in any of the body cams, but um, these, these guys didn't hesitate one little bit. They went for the danger. Thanks, Lieutenant. All right, and Andrea, you know, Andrea, I'm I'm on Facebook right now. I'm looking at our YouTube channel. We're we're kind of lit up with a lot of people watching the uh, the live version of our show. So thanks, guys, for uh, for doing that. And uh, Andrea, the floor is yours. Just real quick, I, you know, to follow up on what Randy said, that guy was actually, you know, you see him jump out of the car, but he stays in. I'm like, he's shooting right up at the front of his truck. He stays right there. He's shooting at him. Um, and, and like you said, they ran right into the danger. He didn't run. A lot of times we see them, you know, run out of the car and then they start running and shooting back behind them. But this guy kind of stayed right there by the front of his truck. When, views, when viewers watch the uh, video, they'll see he just kind of stayed there and he kept shooting right at him. Thanks, Andrea. All right, very good, guys. Moving along, let's see. Um, I got, I guess I got two minutes before our next, up to, our next commercial. Uh, we are on Police One. And uh, let's see, we have uh, Senator Wilson, GOP lawmakers announced bills targeting Washington's anti-policing laws. So um, this is, you know, what's going on in these uh, anti-police jurisdictions. So uh, this particular bill um, in Washington would um, repeal HB House Bill 1310, so 1310, which requires police and officers to use the least amount of force necessary and at limits when police can pursue a suspect. And, um, you know, it says that, uh, I guess, Senate Law and Justice Committee said that the rising crime rates across the state are the result of those new laws. I know, Andrea, <laughs> I'm watching your face. Is there uh, any comments on this on this update, guys? If there's not, yes, we'll move on yes. to the next one. Chip, chip, chip. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, dude, please. T number five in the main stories, the, 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 the seeking the lower penalties to drive-by shootings with this one. They're both from Washington. Um, can, can you cover that number five one and tie these two together? I mean, they just go right together. They're, it's beautiful um, to, just to, to, to show these two. It's update five? No, no. Ma uh, main, main story number five. All the, right. Uh, yeah. They will, seek to lower uh, penalty for drive-by shootings to boost racial equality in, in Washington. 
Give me one second here. I'll tell you what, we're going to go for a commercial break and then I'll be able to pull up that. Uh, um, I'm not sure I'm showing only main one, two, three, and four. So I don't have that. David, I think, I think I just renumbered the main story. So you're talking about Washington lawmakers seek to lower the penalty. Yes. The one about okay. for, for uh, aggravated drive-by shootings. Let me touch on that then. Good deal. Uh, Policetribune.com. So yes, Washington lawmakers are seeking to lower the penalty for fatal drive-by drive -by shootings to boost racial equality. And this is House Bill 1692. That's 1692. And it's actually, uh, they say, the brainchild of uh, Representative David Hackney and Representative Tara Simmons, uh, both Democrats. And they're seeking to boost, quote, racial equality uh, in the criminal legal system by eliminating drive-by shooting as the basis for elevating first-degree murder for first-degree aggravated murder. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Right, so look, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company to offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start the day with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Um, so, um, or I guess first degree murder to first degree aggravated. So Hackney and Simmons bill, which they pre-filed ahead of the January 10th, 2022 legislative session kickoff, it would be retroactive. So criminals that were already convicted of previous drive-by shootings, they could actually benefit from this. And uh, under the proposed bill, anyone that pled guilty to first degree murder in a case where drive-by shooting was the only aggravated factor, they must be returned to the sentencing court or the sentencing court successor for entry of a conviction of murder in the first degree. And anyhow, it's adjusting the sentencing guidelines. So it, it, it's pretty wild. It says the bill would also benefit convicted felons who carried out their violent offenses prior to the age of 21 by giving the court full discretion to depart from the mandatory sentencing guidelines. So um, so that's what we have. David, I'd love for you to uh, tie those in. Oh, Lord. I mean, can, can the dichotomy, the insanity in Washington now, you've got the GOP out there that's that's trying to push a bill now to undo a lot of this crap that they already did, which HB 1310, about the that the, you have to use the, 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 the least amount of force necessary. It's just an, another garbage uh, anti-police bill that you talked about. But then now this thing coming out where they talk about um, the systemic racism um, about charging people with aggravated first-degree murder for a drive-by shooting um, because it, it, it targets gangs that are predominantly young and black. So their victims aren't worth... So the, the black victims in Washington 
the way I'm reading this, the black victims are not worth the aggravated, the elevated, aggravated first-degree murder charge that get killed, the, the innocent children in the buildings that, that get strafed by gunfire in these, in these drive-by shootings, they're not worth an aggravated uh, charge to, to a first-degree murder? Seriously? Simmons, one of the people who's doing this bill, is a, he was uh, elected eight years, at, she was elected eight years after she was released from a 30-month prison sentence for theft and drug-related offenses. She's an attorney, civil rights activist, and uh, yeah, so there, there you go. You want to talk about insanity? Good Lord. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. What do you think, Lieutenant? Well, I think what, we, what we're seeing at least is a little pushback for the first time um, with uh, trying to repeal some of these absolutely incredibly radical laws that have been put into effect to basically um, not allow the police to police. Um, this, these new laws have only been in effect for a relatively short period of time, and they have already had a, a uh, massive uh, impact on policing in the state of Washington. So um, I'm hoping that, these, that the same legislators that are trying to repeal those other goofy laws are also going to bring defeat to this one, because this one, as David said, this one's crazier than the, all of them. The, the thinking that it that we're going to lower the lower the penalty for for murder for drive-by because of the reasons for racial equity are you insane it is just it is literally it is literally a a insane law that's what it is and you guys my computer is about to go offline so I'll be I'll be signing back in as soon as it comes back up okay okay thank you for letting us know Randy. Um, and guys, if um, there's nobody else on this one, I do want to tie in um, or cover another one. We've got about five and a half minutes before we finish the first you know, hour of the show. So we'll end on this topic, uh, but it's another main topic. It's on Police One. Um, New York City suburb hires its most diverse class of police recruits yet. So make no mistake, mistake about it. This article was written to, and they released this in a way to brag about the diversity. So it's at Mount Vernon. So, and it's in New York. So the latest graduating class of Mount Vernon police recruits, um, it's a suburb of New York City. Uh, they say it's cause for celebration. Officials told uh, the patch, and uh, that's a, uh, you know, an, uh, an outlet, a media outlet. It says the class is the most diverse yet. So on Monday, Mount Vernon city officials sworn 19 probationary officers. The graduating class is 74% black, 26% women, 16 Hispanic. So you're in there, Andrea. And this is according to the patch. It says um, the mayor, Sean Patterson Howard said, I'm, I, I'm excited to usher in the most diverse recruit class in recent memory. You're gonna hear the word diverse a lot if you read the article. Also at the ceremony, four officers, two of them were women, were promoted to detective. So it really is pushing that agenda. And now also companion article, um, Atlanta PD denies the claim that the mayor ordered lower standards for recruits. Um, so on Friday, Atlanta Police Department irrevocably denied the claim that the agency had been ordered to lower their recruit standards to boost hiring. The accusation came from a committee member of Buckhead City, which is a neighboring uh, a neighborhood in Atlanta. A high-ranking department leader called me this week. Um, and this is what um, 
Um, the person saying a high-ranking department leader called me this week to inform us that he has been instructed by the mayor's team to, quote, lower re uh, recruitment and hiring standards um, so Mayor Andre Dickens can hire 250 new officers in his first year. And this is according to CEO Bill White. He's the Buckhead City CEO, and he made this statement to the Buckhead City Facebook page. He said, this is a total disaster, and it could lead to unqualified officers on our streets and put good officers' lives and the public's lives at risk. Lowering hiring standards just to make headlines is disgraceful. So this is what the CEO put on Facebook, which I got to admire the guy, uh, but man, he's really going on a limb there. So, uh, so crazy. Um, so look, let's talk about um, lowering standards and uh, and 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 bragging about having the most diverse police department. Or is that saying that you're really hiring the best officers for the job, or are you just pushing a, a a minority agenda? And we've got you know three open mics. So go ahead, guys. Well, of course, it's pushing an agenda. It has nothing to do with the reality. Rather than celebrating by saying the people that we hired are the most highly qualified people we've ever seen. But even that doesn't guarantee success down the road because you can't account for everything in the hiring process. It just takes too long. So what they're saying is black people are more qualified uh, than women who are more qualified than Latin or, or back and forth. What they're saying is that white people aren't qualified at all. That's what they're saying. That's what they're gonna continue to say. But Chip, whether they lower the standards or not is not the issue. It's getting the vote. It's 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 kissing the of a certain segment of the population, and they're accomplishing that in a spectacular way. Thanks. That was Thanks. At, uh, that was at 1941. Yeah. So we, got, <laughs> we got we got two minutes left. Uh, David and Andrea, go ahead. Go ahead, Andrea. Go ahead, David. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Um, Brett covered the Mount Vernon. I threw up a little in my mouth when I read that, but that's beside the point. Um, the thing with Atlanta, you got to remember. Um, Buckhead is a, a very exclusive, very wealthy suburb of Atlanta. They're in the process of trying to form their own city and hire their own police department. So they're in a feud with Atlanta over all that crap. So that's where all that stuff is stemming from, I'm sure. Whether or not Atlanta lowered the standards or not, you're never going to know um, until, until somebody from <laughs> Somalia know. shoots somebody out the window. But other than that, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, but, that, but a lot of that is stemming from that that feud of uh, Buckhead trying to form its own city and, and raise its own police department. So good luck with that. All right. Andrea, a, a little over a minute. I can say this a thousand times over again. You know, I'm Hispanic and I'm a female. I cover two of those, you know, those those minorities that they want to cover. My biggest thing is, is why in, in a field of law enforcement, would you lower your standards at all? When I got hired, I flat out told them, I would rather you take those away. Take take those things away. If I'm not qualified, do not hire me. I know that I may tick off a lot of people by saying that, but at the same time, if I'm not qualified, I'm not doing anybody else any favors. Don't lower your standards. Keep them high and go ahead and try to get the best people in the position to do law enforcement as possible. Like I said, I may tick off a lot of people. I knew that I was qualified to do it. Whatever you told me that I needed to do, I would do it even if I had to work harder. That's on me. I should have to do that. That should be my requirement. I knew that I filled two of those two of those minorities and it helped Three. them out. So Three. You were short. I got you. Short. You forgot short. Short. <laughs> wow. Hispanic, female, and short. That's it. Forgot that third one. I'm just saying. 
Well, you know what we need to do? I'm I'm married to a Spanish woman too. So um so we next show we need to see if we can see if Andrea can talk without moving her hands or her arms. You know, I don't know that that's gonna be possible. So but uh look, uh, you know, Randy Unmute that microphone and tell our users where they can uh, uh, get the shirt and support the movement again. Absolutely. TheWoundedBlue.org. That's TheWoundedBlue.org. That's our website. We are the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. And uh, Relentless Defender makes all of our clothing. So check it out. There's some great shirts and there's all kinds of new cool stuff coming out soon. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Uh, to the panel. Uh, look, that's the first half hour or, or, the, or the first hour of the show, excuse me, you know, 45 minutes of a uh, of a good show like this makes for perfect, you know, an hour radio because 15 minutes accounts for news, traffic, weather and sports. So uh, guys, we will be right back with the second half of the show. So stay tuned. <laughs> 